fanboy it's the fanboy planet podcast it's our comic-con 2015 special report first in a series and here he is second in a series Derek mccaw how am i second in a series i'm assuming there was one before you that just didn't work out as well no no so this is it no pretty much killed my twin in the womb okay um oh god no don't, that was don't run with that <laughs> It's only appropriate because our first report uh, is, yeah, we're doing these as special. Uh, I'm going to run with that, you know. As, I know. As uh, as kind of special episodes because uh, we don't have Nate Costa with us this, this evening. It's Derek and Rick sitting in the Brett Cave creating bumpers for... Uh, these interviews that we that we got done at Comic Con, some great access, and tonight is a funny dark episode. Not this part. This wasn't all that funny. I apologize for everything. And, I thought it was hilarious. And to my mother, uh, I don't believe there was a twin that I devoured in the womb. But if you've looked at my gut, it's an explanation. And anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, it's sort of like that Professor X. Uh, yeah, I know. Plot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, because I did get to sit down at the round table for round tables for uh, the show that I'm probably strangely most excited about after the return of Doctor Who, which is the return of the evil dead. Yes. Ash versus evil dead. Uh, so I, we have interviews uh, in today's episode with several of the creative people involved in Ash versus evil dead. So the first one that I think we should bring up is, oh, let's, let's lead with the stars, shall we? We should. We, we should. should. So, um, uh, the man that we all either want to be or admit we have a man crush on, uh, sitting down at a table with Bruce Campbell. And that is also going to roll into, uh, I did not stop tape, so I think we can just go ahead and roll into... I love the way you say stop tape. I know it's not even... T- <laughs> I caught a you lot of... The I, wire recorder kept going. I, I caught a lot of that going on at Comic-Con. Everybody talking about that, like, oh, you know, can we get rid of this film? And it's like, it, it's digital, it's all, yeah, you know. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Bruce Campbell rolling into with his co-star, new co-star joining the series... Uh, the film series, the TV series, whatever you want to say it, Lucy Lawless. So we uh, got back-to-back with Bruce Campbell and Lucy Lawless. I want to hear that. Let's hear that now. Oh, we're going to. Mr. Campbell. How are you doing? Gentlemen, how are you? Good, Good, sir. Good, thank you. I always like to see the different devices. Absolutely. That's pretty handy, that's man. You can make you can make movies of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's a perfectly qualified digital sound system. It's had a long and fulfilled life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are, years yes. and years later. Yeah. You're back in the driver's seat, chainsaw yeah. and boomstick in mm-hmm. hands. How is that for you to slide back into this? I mean, you, you've kind of always lived this character in a lot of ways, but how is it to slide back in on the small screen? Difficult. 
It is. It's a pain in the ass to play Ash. Well, is Sam still torturing you? I mean, are you yes. as tortured as the first two yes. movies and the third movie? Yes. Yes. To be honest, we'll get plenty, plenty of torture. Yeah. Oh, they'll get it. They'll get it. Yeah, it's a very uncomfortable role to do. Just get covered in blood one day. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You're you're tearing out the the hair on your arms every time you go to scratch your head because your sleeves are stuck. I have to sort of pull myself apart at the end yeah. of the night. <laughs> it's a bitch. I've yeah. been there. Yeah, it's uh, it's overrated. Yeah. Well, I've got to ask. After all of these years of fans asking you and Sam and everybody, like, when are we getting it? When are we getting it? And then rumors and rumors for years and years, and you're finally doing it. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about that? Uh, about I want to tell the fans, real- okay, now shut the exactly. hell up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we feel good because uh, we're able to bring it to them in the way that they need it. And this is why Stars is a major key component here. I wouldn't be sitting here if we didn't have Stars. Because I don't think it would have happened. Uh, Stars was the only one who gave us what we were looking for, which was unrestricted content. Because look, the idea is we're not out to offend anybody with this material. Or to be intentionally, or to take advantage of that. It's just that we don't want anyone going, ah, you need to shoot an alternate version of that. Where you say golly instead of fuck face, you know. <laughs> now we get to say whatever we want and it's just no issues. I can't tell you how liberating that is. And as a filmmaker, you know, as the years go by, those are the things that I look for in what's going to be, a, what's going to be an enjoyable experience here. Are we going to be able to do what we want and have the fun doing it or we always have to keep looking over our shoulder? And I can't tell you how boring that gets. Having you know, just working in television for so many years, like Burn Notice was a spy show. My character drank a lot. Uh, the lead's mother smoked like a chimney. If that was on broadcast television, they go, "Your character can't drink like that, and you have to stop smoking." You know, only bad guys smoke on television now. That's true. Only bad guys. I never even noticed. Oh yeah. That's so true. Only bad guys smoke. And they usually smoke cigars. Yeah. Because that's not as offensive. You know what I mean? So in terms of the liberation of being able to I mean, because the MPAA has never really been the evil dead franchise's best friend. So to be able to do that and have the ability to do and say whatever you want, I, I would imagine it's also advantageous to have a longer runtime. Like because a lot of movie companies they want their movies ninety minutes and out. And now we're getting like five hours. So how is that translating into exactly what's going on in the show? Because I mean, we're I mean, it's not another movie. Who cares? We're getting five hours of Evil Dead, and I'm yeah. thrilled about that. Yeah. Well, we wanted half hour to keep the pace up. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to have comedy as an element of it, you need pace. Uh, if you go to an hour format, it's a whole different ballgame. You're you, reaching. You have to slow everything down and you have to get into their backstory and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't think modern audiences want that. I think a half hour is kind of perfect. You want to watch more of it? Watch another episode. That's awesome. You done with it? Okay, watch the next season. You know, so but the half hour was a very conscious decision on Rob Tappert's part. He he was really convinced that we should not be an hour. Uh, and it's this is a very grueling show to make. By making half hour show, you're not making people, you know, show up for eight months <laughs> under these circumstances. Right. It's four months. 
every season is like making a big feature film. Right. And then you can go, all right, you can chill out and have time before and after. So I'm curious, uh, how long has this show actually been in your guys' minds and in development? This all happened pretty recently. Oh, it did? Okay. Look, the movies had always been percolating. We made a remake a couple years ago yeah. trying to satiate fans that didn't quite do it. They were like, you yeah. there. They were like, thanks, but, you know, where's Sam? Where's Bruce? And, you know, they're not idiots. They like what they like. So it, it, once the transition went from thinking about making another movie to making it as a TV show, it happened fast. Because we're like, all right, here's your character, here's your thing, how do we lay this out? You get a showrunner, and Rob Tappert's a very a very good television producer, so he put together just a, the greatest team down there in New Zealand. Because, look, these guys, you know, those crews are very specialized in New Zealand. People think, New Zealand, why would you go to New Zealand? It's the other ends of the world, Earth. It is, but these are crew members who are were weaned on Hercules and Xena and Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and Spartacus. All they know how to do is stunts, special yeah. effects, <laughs> green screens, sword play, special props, explosions. These guys can do anything. The work that they have been doing, they, they recreated one of the original, I'll just say, sets. All right. In the most meticulous fashion it gave me chills when I walked in there the first wow. time. I'm like, holy fuck, I'm back here again. Oh, Everywhere you looked, every angle that you looked through, every window, it was the same. The hallways, the doors, the the furnishings in it, it was, it was mind-boggling. And I've been doing this for a long time. These guys are really good. And we're creating a world. We're we're faking things more. Like we're not. We're building more sets than you normally would, because an Evil Dead diner is not a regular diner. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean. An Evil Dead bookstore is not a regular bookstore. It's going to be a fucking cool bookstore. Yeah, very much. It's so. a Harry Potter bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the difference. Yeah. A diner is going to have something fun. We're and we're building ceilings on our sets. Wow. Didn't have Nobody that in, does in that. The Nobody does too. that. A, it's expensive. B, it's hard to light. Yeah. How do you light if you can't put your lights up there? I remember because well, I want too. these funky low angles. Yeah. You know, I want my ceilings. When you were running through the cabin in Evil Dead Two, there are actually shots in there where you can see oh, yeah. all the lights and the ceilings. Yeah, stuff, so that was old. Awesome. That was conventional way of doing it. But these guys are really good. So I know we're we're very excited. Um, you know, the fans are not going to be ripped off quality-wise. The one thing I know about working in New Zealand, I've never been embarrassed of anything that's come out of New Zealand. I've been embarrassed about a lot of things I've done in my professional career, but not out of there. It's my fourth show down there now. Wow. I did Hurt, Xena, Jack of All Trades, and now this show. So this is actually the right place to make it on top of it. Yeah. So we got Stars, which is the right place to show it. Mm -hmm. New Zealand's the right place to make it. And... Uh, and we have an audience that we think, you know, I think they're going to dig it. I think it's going to. And be based great. on the reaction yesterday, oh my! God. Oh, dude, that trailer. Well, unless you know, unless everyone in the audience was a, a, a lying bastard yeah, right. and a really good actor, <laughs> yeah. I think they liked it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we don't want to let them down. It's really fans are important to us. Uh, they put us on the map. They've sustained us over the years. I, Lucy feels the same about her fans. I've you know, got you on my skin because of exactly, that. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I have a collection of skin. Have, <laughs> no, no tattoos. Do you really? I have. I'll see what I'm up to now. Um, it's a pretty damn good collection. 
Wow. So every time you see one, you're just like, Yeah, boom. I snap it, but I see that's him. His, that's, his People saying, that's his way of saying, can you take a fucking picture of my own? Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> so technically, I was just mentioning. What, what am I I didn't know you see? kept a, a lookbook. Uh, yeah, 300 some odd uh, Holy photographs. Holy shit. You know, that's just your whole range oh of tattoos. Oh, just That's amazing. Even Bubba Hotep Prison tattoos to, you know, really elaborate. Like some of them are, oh, well, here's, this one is crazy. Uh, will you marry me? On the oh, my God. Passion is Dedication. Will you marry me? Another guy had WWBCD. What would Bruce Campbell do? Oh, my God. On his fucking chest. A chick is having sex with him? Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get scared when you meet certain people like No, that? my dad was in advertising. Oh. <laughs> and my dad would be like, dude, that's... That's a billboard. No, that's a billboard. Holy. That, that's a billboard. Impressive. That's a lot of ink. Yeah. You know, you guys have a little ink, but Evil Dead fans have ink. They do ink. Do you have? Uh, we'll go hang on, dude. We're monopoly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I, I gotta get one in. You know, uh, is, is yeah, that, that's a make. That's a color version. It's a poster of Army of Darkness on a guy's back, an Iraq vet. Then I signed. I signed his back with Sharpie. Then he got that tattoo. Austin is my record. I signed eight appendages in Austin at an appearance, and then they went out immediately to the parlor. And they come back and they show me their rat bleeding arm. Hey, look! My God, like, oh, that's beautiful. Do you feel on the show any kind of the game? Because what, what I see is things that were really groundbreaking and frightening and funny, though, like in the '80s. I've had to explain references to my son in cartoons to Evil Dead on the Disney Channel. Sure. Gravity Falls did a whole thing with the talk, with the laughing things, and the yeah. laughing animals. You know, yeah. That used to be. You know, scary, and now it's just humor for kids. So, did you feel any pressure? You guys are all creating this to really up and go. Okay, here's the next one. Well, we've always been over the top, so we never felt like we had it over over the top. Uh, I think we're just all better filmmakers now. So, if you're, I think if you have more experience as a filmmaker, your ability to entertain people is remains viable. So it's not about, if something scared you in the 70s and you do it right, it'll scare you 20 years later. Right. I mean, if it works, it works. And there's a lot of tried and true ways to scare people that haven't changed. Uh, like torture porn, to me, is not scary, though. Put a guy's dick in a vice for half an hour and poke it with a stick. That's just disturbing. That's not scary. And to me, that's lazy writing and lazy filmmaking. Shock value. It is shock value. Right. Okay. So maybe we'll do a couple. Yeah, you go. Go ahead. Yeah, knock yourself out. Then, um, just in terms of Ash, he's a guy who doesn't traditionally change that much. But in the interview, he hasn't been he doing is, jack shit for thirty years. Literally, he's literally just still Ash. He's Ash. Oh yeah. Oh, always will be. Yeah. No character development there. Well, you'll get it because it's a TV show now. You, you have to. You know. Hello, love. Hello, Mike. I guess the, I guess this means we're rotating. Sorry, sorry. Musical chairs. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Sorry. He's, he's gorgeous. I, I made this terrible mistake, guys. What did I say? I mean, what's a Bruce? Oh, I worship him. I saw it in print. Delete, delete, delete. I thought that was a good use of words. <laughs> I worship 
Yeah. It's nice meeting you. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, good luck with this one. Yeah. Uh, where are we going? How are you doing? First of all, before we even get into it, you were fantastic on Salem. Thank you. Never mind, like Pacquiao and Mar Pacquiao and you know, yeah, Mayweather. It was Marburg and and, uh, <laughs> and the other witch. Oh, thanks, Mike. That's good. Thank you. So, holy shit! Now you're part of. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're part of the man, like the biggest history. Do you think so? Can do, but it really delivered, so. The, and you see, Ash do some things that are just so wrong. Were you guys at the panel last night? Wasn't you didn't see this bad clown come up? Bruce has got a bad clown. No, I told him he has to name it, but he can't. It's like he's like. Wayne Newton with on Viagra and, and, and crack <laughs> Viagra and crack like is his uh, his bad clown you know you're going to see that in yeah that's yeah. that's a better headline <laughs> Bruce can he's like Wayne Newton on Viagra well no he isn't Bruce is not like that but your bad clown is like this it's almost like <laughs> negative space it's like the not you which means yeah. you have complete carte blanche to be as insane as you could never be in real life so he is a totally like when he sh shuts the door at night don't anybody talk to me he's absolutely the opposite of what people think anyway he's he's certainly not his bad clown anyway he's got this bad clown that came out of the panel but in the first episode you see his character like there is sex in the show but wrong incongruous hysterical funny things um and you love uh, that. Oh, I love it. It's because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then it went to another level. And then it went to yet another level. Like they took it somewhere your imagination couldn't go. So um, super funny, super funny how he lets the deadites out, causes the plague. And that's why my character, whose last name is Noby, K-N-O-W-B-Y, um, <laughs> Professor Noby owned the book, The Necronomicon. Right, I was about to say, that name, right. so you're related to him. Maybe, awesome. could be a coincidence. I'm sorry, it's such a mysterious Yeah, serious, because we have no idea. Like, it wasn't until episode nine, and, and I was like, like, so oh. what, is she a street baller, or is she a good fighter? How did me and my stunt woman are trying to figure out how to play? And Rob's like, no, 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 she's like, Jet Li good. Like, oh, thank you for telling us. Uh, <laughs> so, um, He's like, you were in Xena, that's why we hired you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they make you fire. go back and film things over if you had known things? No, a lot of my stuff has yet to be filmed. Oh. I was well, actually working on a different show in, in the first little bit. And the character just developed. You know, we didn't know exactly what the show was, but it's turned out to be truer to... Um, Evil Dead 2 mm. that, that's just my words no it's not sure. my favourite too yeah it's like yeah. Evil Dead, it's, it's like that it's very true that you're going to recognise some of the um, sets mm. and Bruce said it's uncanny that it took him right back to he was in an uncanny valley you know when he was inside these See, it's going, holy shit, they even put the trees on. They made the view right outside their windows. Wow. And being meticulous in their design. First of all, you got to applaud his memory. Being yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Say again? I like, you have to applaud his memory. <laughs> but I think it, it was so ingrained in him. Those were very intense months for him. He was covered in blood. One day, Rob tells these stories of him just losing his shit because he had been covered in sticky blood for like three days solid and had to sleep in it. Because they didn't have money to fix things or to redo stuff, makeup. Oh, God. Um, and one day, Bruce just 
being lost in the rain. And, and we see this with people all the time. When your own makeup seems really good, like what a cool idea. At first, it's so gung ho to do it. At some point, they just hit a wall. He's got much more stamina than most, so it took him three days to lose his ship. But, but you've got to be young and hungry and, oh. and not know any better to sign up for that. I'm curious, uh, were you a fan of the franchise before coming on board, or is it something that once they were coming to you, you were like, oh, well, I, I better get multifaceted about it and watch it, and then you were like, oh, holy shit, this is what I get to do? Because for horror fans, this is... Like the holy grail of everything we've waited for. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah, no, it really is. We've all been waiting 20 years to see Ash on screen again. And when the remake came out, he was at the end of the credits for like a moment just saying, groovy. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were all like, that's not enough. And to now we get five hours of content. And we all saw that trailer yesterday. It's the most mind-blowing thing. And you get to be a part of this I know, I'm huge t- I'm deal. totally thrilled. Yeah. I did see the first Evil Dead when I was 17, uh, but I walked out after five minutes saying, these people who made this a sick, misogynistic fuck. <laughs> they ought to be in jail. Twelve years later, I was married. So, <laughs> never, you the ultimate never say never, right? You're like, they're uh, not that bad. No, 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 not that bad. Um, but also for 20 years... Bruce and Rob and Sam and Ted Ramey, it's a big part of them, have been part of the family. That's my family business too, you know, so um, it's not like I, it came totally out of the blue. Though I was in negotiations for something else at the time. I didn't know that if there would be a role for me. And this came about quite quick, actually. Mm. You know, anyway, it's given how quick it came up. Um, I can't believe the quality of what they turned out. We've got a lot of work to do because there's so much post. It's a you know major, intense, technical thing, and, and the make creating all the um, uh, the special makeup and the there's a pus rig attached to a, a dagger. And did he tell you about the blood? The, the, the beer keg that explodes blood over the... Oh, is that the one that they system? had in the trailer where he's, like, stabbing the thing that's just blood coming repeatedly? I don't know. No, this is pretty, this is pretty intense stuff. I haven't seen it working, but I had, oh. this, I had the pus rig. And where I'm cutting off some dude's face, and because he's all sort of ripped and everything, um, I'm cutting around his face, and it's first it oozes sort of pus, and then it hits, like, the heart of the carbuncle, and out comes all this blood, like, boom! You know, oh. it, we only shot it once. It was so good. All the crew went, whoa, behind the monitors. <laughs> so they're inventing. They've they just have taken everything to, the, uh, to another level in a, in a really gruesome, innovative, hilarious way. So the crew's really part of the um, of every scene. It's a huge kind of huddle. We're, we're all in it together, yeah. So, yeah, last year you did you know, stage doing Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in the witchy poo phase of life. Everything I do is about being a baddie. Uh, then I went and did a witch on Salem. I like it. <laughs> um, when you got in front of this, you get kind of the old pop stuff with this husband here being in the stage where you also have to be that big and then other shows where you make more small Well, I would love to. I did an Australian um, political thriller, contemporary political thriller, which was quite nice to act in. in, It's not quite my own accent, but, you know, the performance is completely different. It's rather rather lovely. 
but as you say, to be part of something that is so exciting and iconic and I mean I don't really think about the iconography of it, I just mm. love them. Yeah. Love working with this guy. You want to get, be happy going to work every day. You know, there's no drama. We don't we don't allow drama. Yeah. All the drama's on the stage. So um. Yeah. Who wouldn't, like would. be, who wouldn't want to be part of this? Thing? Oh, dude. Yeah. No, it seems like it would be like you know you watch movies sometimes and you go, oh, I bet that set was fun. And it's like just watching before even watching that trailer. Do you think that when you watch things? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, because I'm she's I'm like a, you're so disillusioned. Yeah, well, because <laughs> well, no, I'm an actor. To me. Well, because I'm an actor and a filmmaker outside of this, and and so when when I watch film, I'm I'm always thinking about the extra process of how something gets made, and when you watch something like Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness, you look at it and you go, wow, there are so many components to making this actually come to life, but it must be the best job you can have. Because I've always said, like, the worst day on set is always better than the best day in an office, you know, or behind a desk somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, I imagine you guys had, like, just a killer We time. do. I'm not sure that back then it was as much fun. They had, no, it was hot, it was sticky, they were covered in bugs, the Oh my god, the forests of America are yeah. full of terrifying, <laughs> stinging things. Awful, yeah. Um, they, yeah, they, they were doing it, they didn't have any money, they didn't have money for food, mm. you know, they were buying blood instead of burgers, or some of them ate like um, mac and cheese. Mm. Like my, Josh Becker, who we got, got scurvy because he ate oh nothing but mac and cheese for like a year. And just, you know, teeth falling out. And his oh doctor goes, you've got scurvy. I haven't seen that. <laughs> 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 it's like, it's like, it's Didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. But they were so young and hungry, literally, and um, did not know anything, and driven. So they sucked up all the punishment. And he, the way he threw his body around, you know, well, he gives so it. insane. He, I mean, I, I think everyone of the mindset involved, with, I mean, everyone involved with the Evil Dead series of the mindset, and, you know, the fans are really, really the ones who gave us this, so we have to do everything we can to give back to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it delivers. Um, it's a lot of pressure, actually. It's high expectation. You cannot let them down. And to keep that up over, you know, like, I don't know how, how you do that, but I'm not a writer. Thank God it's not my job to do that, to think how do you sustain this year after year. But it should go for, you know, should go for a few years. I Have you found yourself on set on this particular job going, oh my God, I cannot wait to see this big film or this gag happen or something like that? I mean, do you find yourself excited to see, like, the big effect yes. shots? Yeah, because there's very often things that you've never seen before. Um, yeah, things that you... Yes, and how do you top that? How do you keep topping yourself when you've got, I don't know, somebody in a meat grinder or whatever? I, I don't know how you do that, but they keep coming up with some really cool ideas, and then they keep realizing it and on screen. How you experience the first movie, you know, working on five minutes. Obviously, everyone's older now, matured, but they don't want to make Ash naturally matured because he's Ash. Uh, how do you notice that they're different these days? How is how is the show going to be different from how the show what drove you out of the theater? Yeah. Oh right. Well, they they never appeared again. If you think about it, that, that sort of that tree rapage. Um, yeah. 
Um, and that was my 17-year-old self, you know, reacting a very... Uh, was that gut. the moment that did it for you at 17? Like, oh, tree rape, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. Didn't like that but also, rape isn't funny, you know? The, the, no, that sexual not. violence isn't isn't funny, so therefore I doubt anything like that will ever show up. Plus, I don't think it's... An, when you're a, um, an insensitive... Like, I, I think Sam just thought that up on the spur of the moment. Like, because you're 21 and you've never been exposed to anything terribly unpleasant. So it's like, oh, that's, that sounds like horror. That's horror. Yeah. But it's horror of a kind that isn't amusing anymore, so I, I doubt that will ever make it. Yeah, yeah, sure. What's different in a series is that you have to have him playing off against this ragtag family. So we've introduced Dana DeLorenzo and Ray Santiago. God, they're funny, they're beautiful, such good actors. And they give him kind of a family. And then when Jill comes into, the, into their fold, when she encounters them, that's a really nice little group, so it's gonna have to be broken up. Anything nice? That's why we can't have nice things. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why we can't have nice things. Yeah. So hopefully this goes on for a couple more seasons at least. At least. And uh, it, what can you say to the fans? who have been, like, really just dying for this to happen and, and say, you know, please, this is what you're in for. I mean, what would you say? Oh, what I say is everything you ever dreamed is about to happen. Awesome. Um, yeah. It's about to happen. Awesome. All right. Thank you very Love much. You Thank you. Thank you. It is both delightful and strangely disconcerting to hear Lucy Lawless speak in her Kiwi accent. But anyway, uh, we should add that there was a little bit of gossip on uh, on sort of Lucy Lawless this week. This is, again, poor journalism. Uh, apparently somebody said that NBC is looking to revive Xena, Warrior Princess. Okay. And Lucy Lawless has tweeted out saying, I wish it was true, but it's not. Everybody that would be naturally involved in this is saying, no, that's really cool. That would be really cool if we were to, to revive uh, Xena Warrior Princess, but uh, it's not happening. And uh, I saw today a reference on from Time Magazine that, oh, no, 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 it's happening. So this is one of those things where somebody somewhere is trying to will something into existence Whereas the actual creative people that have to be involved uh, are saying, no, we'd love to, but this nobody's is, talking this has to been, it. There's nothing new with this. It's just the internet lets you hear these people in but their home now. But it's weird that it's happening on time, in Time Magazine. Yeah. But I, I should say, the thing is, for years, fans, as you just heard, you know, fans wanted something like Ash versus Evil Dead. Yes. So here it is. And so... Let's bring in a couple of other interviews. Uh, first, uh, with the executive producer, who was also an executive producer and writer on Chuck, so we love that show, uh, which is uh, Craig DiGregorio, who was a little bit ill, but he still he, he uh, bolded through this interview. So thank you, Craig, for sitting down with us. Craig DiGregorio, executive producer on Ash vs. Evil Dead. To uh, the Evil Dead, because obviously, you know, so many of us are like legitimate fans of, of Bruce and Sam over the years and what they've done. 
but it's now at a position where we're not just getting the movie we've all died for for right. the last near 20 years. We're now getting nearly 13 hours of content where we right. just get to have the whole thing. So what you um, I think it's closer to five hours right now. Oh, right? is it? Well, it's ten half-hour oh, episodes. Oh, they're half-hour. I thought they were hour-long. Um, but I... No. You may get 13 I'm not hours. a real fan of <laughs> I think... I, judging by how the show's coming out... Yeah. <laughs> I think you will end up getting more than 13 hours. I hope that would be... But the show's coming out great. Um, <coughs> what originally drew me to it, which is, I'm sure, what drew you guys to it, were the movies and watching them as, ki- as a kid and sort of seeing all the... I mean, my dad was a huge <coughs> Army of Darkness fan yeah. and would let me watch it and sort of see it with him uh, kind of on the on the hush with my mom. Um, but so I became a huge fan of the movies, of all of them, um, especially two and three. Uh, and what drew me to it today, I'm sorry, my head's a little foggy. You're fine, man. Um, is the Ash character. I mean, I'm, I've written on a lot of sort of comedies and genre shows, and at the heart of all the good ones are really great characters, and it's one of the best characters. Oh, yeah. It really is, like, you can have him be a badass, you can have him be funny, you can have him be romantic. He's <laughs> one, one of the last great iconic characters yes. in, the, in the machismo world. That's yeah, right. For sure. And that's what really drew me to it. And, and also, something really interesting about him as like a, you know, 50s, 60s, getting it on in his years, because like you all the time in TV or in movies see like the man boy, like, I'm never gonna grow up, but like, they're like 30, mm-hmm. and then, and then like, they're 35, and they're like, I got married. He not, He did it. He, like, went through with it, with what he was saying of, like, I'm going to just be this guy forever, and he is. He's unapologetic about it. He's, you know, like, he is at, like, he is just this amazing character that you can't believe still exists today kind of thing. Like, there's all sorts of... <laughs> All sorts of character traits that you would see in someone else and think, like, I I don't know how this person pulls this off. He, purely because he is so funny and charming and fun to be around, just pulls it all off and without it, without thinking about it. Hmm. Um, so the, the, the short answer to all that is that character, really. And, and the blending of genre. It's always something that I've been so interested in is how people do successful action horror comedy things like Mm -hmm. blending genres because it's really hard to do like you want to keep the bullets real or the horror real or whatever it is and also uh have the jokes be funny like not just like puns but have them be funny absolutely um so that is my that's my long and short answer. I'm sorry. Thanks, man. <laughs> Why go with it? You, you see the half thing is a half hour. It's like, this is a sitcom. Why, why not go with an hour drama or hour comedy or, you know, whatever um, that is? I don't think it is a sitcom. I think it's it's just a half, it's a half hour time constraint we have. Okay. But 
I don't think that boxes us in as a sitcom. Well, plus there'll be no commercial interruptions. So yeah. yeah. 21 minutes, you're getting 30. And it's not, it's definitely not a, like a setup punchline type of show. It's more about how these characters interact. I mean, it's certainly more in your, uh, more in your single camera, fun action comedy horror type of show than it is like, your sort of stage play type of it's not that at all um if your question is why go with that uh i think there are a couple reasons one i think was just pure sales reason is they wanted it to be the craziest punchiest um period of watching that you could have and if you if you extend something out to be an hour you immediately have to sort of pad it with melodramatic moments where like this show doesn't live um, so that's that's why it's like you didn't want to be like stopped down in these scenes of like people talking about things that the the fans like would be interested to hear about maybe but also just totally wouldn't live in this world right the show so like it's it's, Sorry, it is. I'm still recovering. I will never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it, it it really is. It it just moves. You're right. Yeah. It just moves so fast. And like, if there's a moment you don't like, the next moment you're going to like because it is, you know, it's sort of crazy and then funny and then insane and then scary and then it's just everything. All this sort of like big, amazing ball of stuff all happening, and hopefully at the end of it, you're just like, "Holy shit! Like, what did I just? That is crazy! All of the stuff that just happened, you know." Um, so that's why not the hour. I mean, it's, it, it's that sort of twofold thing of it was sold. It was sold as a half hour, and stars wanted it to be half hour, and these guys wanted it to be half hour. It's going to be kinetic and crazy, but I would not. I would not think that it is, and I. You know, I really do shy away from calling it a sitcom because I don't think it's that at all. No, 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 I, no apology necessary. I'm just saying, like, you know, purely for your... <laughs> just, just for the terminology because I think they want to shy away from that as well because it's certainly not like... It's not like you're watching, like, you know, Three's Company or something like that. Or... I don't know why that was the first sitcom I thought of. There have been a couple since then. <laughs> there were a couple before. Just a couple. Jumping off from that, um, what does then what does the TV format give you? Usually, you know, Sam and the guys they do movies, hour and a half story in, story out, gone done. This gives you the five hours to tell a story. This does give you the five hours to tell a story. And what we found as we were going through the first season is the. You want to really focus on the big fun moments and getting to those big fun moments. And, like, there is a story to the first season. There's a story to every episode. But the show is so crazy. Like, the world is so crazy that the stories and the mythology and things like that can be very lightly thread through. You don't have to really sort of, like, stop off. And it, it speaks to the hour of it all. It speaks to the sort of the kinetic energy of it all. It's like you don't ever stop down to, like... Unless the fun scene. Like, we have a scene in a bookstore where maybe someone's talking about the Necronomicon a little bit and you learn a little more about it. I think the fans would like to know that. And that's a fun scene to stop down a little. But we knew, like... This is going to be a scene where the fans would like to seize, and it sets up some stuff for later in the season. But you don't know that yet. Yeah, and I didn't say that. No, it's okay. um, <laughs> not recording. <laughs> so, um, 
in in terms of it being a first season, is it gonna? I know this is a kind of a sketchy question, but are we gonna be left with a cliffhanger? Are we gonna? Is it one complete story? You know. Uh, hopefully, it's both. <laughs> yeah. Really? Like you know that it's gonna continue on, but it also leads you to point. But, where it can it goes. Also, but what happens next? Like Hannibal. Can it also stand alone? I guess is really. I think yes and yes. Seriously, yes and yes. Um, the we're right now filming the finale, and the finale was something that I thought and Sam and Bruce and all the writers and stuff thought a lot about because as we went through the season, you know, since the show exists in, on so many levels and so many planes, like, and this is nothing against sort of bigger, mysterious genre shows like Lost or something, let's say. As we were sort of talking about the finale, there were some things that came up, and then I realized, like, I kind of don't... I, I loved Lost. I don't want the finale episode of this show to feel like a, like a dour... Like, yeah. what what is that type of thing? Like, you want it to feel like, oh, it's just... It's all this character. And, and every episode should center around that, and our finale certainly does. So you'll find that he, as he goes through the season, has to make some kind of tough choices and they become tougher because he sort of makes these relationships with other people as he goes. So the finale does have a cliffhanger. Uh, I don't know if I call it cliffhanger. The finale does have a big thing that happens. An open ending. An open ending that then sets us up for a really interesting season two and some real sort of character flips that you may not have seen coming. That's the best part of this whole thing, I think, is the fact that, you know, with people saying, oh, we want Arrested Development, we want it, and they go, okay, you're going to get one season, but you're not sure that you're getting more than that. Right. this, you know that it's like, okay, we're testing the waters, we're doing season one, but there really is an opportunity to see way more Evil Dead than we've ever thought we were going to get to see again. Yeah, and it's so, so it's such a cool thing, too, because, like, you know, we have such a big bag of tricks that we want to keep trying. Like, someone yesterday at the panel asked about um, uh, stop motion. Like, oh, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Animation like they did in the first stuff one. Like, they did, yeah. And, like, they did with, uh, in, in Our Darkness, like, those little creatures mm-hmm. and crawling around. Um, and... I really want to do some of that. It, it, that stuff is very hard to sort of like do on a TV schedule, but we do have thoughts of doing some things in that area. But it is really like as the show builds out, it is cool to have much more evil death that you can have. It's like you can build out that world. Totally, you can have other characters come in. You can have other, you know, other horror set pieces that can sort of could bring back evil Ash. Could bring back evil Ash. Older um, evil Ash. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, if, knowing what, and I'm, I'm not saying I know exactly what the fans want, but knowing some of the bigger points of this franchise and, like, what I would want to see was really interesting as we sort of laid out the season because, like, oh, we can see some things, like, if you were to go through your the list in your mind of like if I were to see an Evil Dead TV show what is what are the sort of like five points I would want to see in the first season we can do that and then we can do you know a bunch of other new things or we can sort of take uh, let's say Evil Ash I'm not saying whether or not we see him but 
let's say something like that, and then you can put your own new spin on something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like maybe where that character came from or what. You know, there's all sorts of things you can do. Yeah. But, I think that's the best part about a show that's goofy, full of horror, and it has uh, an actual staple in the genre, is that with a character like Ash and the Evil Dead 2 film, you're dealing with time warps, you're dealing with him going forward, backward, and all that stuff, yeah. so what's to say you can't do that now, which is what yeah, makes it fun, you go, oh, we can literally pull from everything and add all kinds of new stuff. Like, I watched that trailer, and there was a creature in there that was like this faceless thing with just teeth and I was just like holy shit they're doing it like they're making it everything you want it to be but they're bringing all this new stuff to it that all looks like it belongs there Yeah, which I think is what most people were scared of at first they were like okay we've been waiting for 20 years please don't mess it up please don't mess it up and you watch that trailer and you're like you got it all right I will say it's not like as far as the aesthetic goes like that creature or just when you watch it through and like my wife watched it through like oh my god all of the blending of the old stuff and the new stuff it looks kind of seamless oh yeah and that's what we're trying to do with the show too is like it should have a retro feel to it like it's it's not it's even though it is present day it has a feel that like you're you're in those old films yeah so that was kind of fun Remember this because I want a story credit. Okay. Let's terminate. Let's terminate a Genesis the fucker and get Ash to see Young Ash again. Oh, wow. <laughs> that okay. would be amazing. Just, just uh, even even a nuance of that would be amazing. <laughs> just be like, who the hell are you? Yeah. yeah. Just remember, well, right? like he's chasing how, how do you know something character. like that hasn't happened You're in season one? Well, then, well, then I, or has been discussed. I expect residuals. <laughs> <laughs> um, there certainly, there have been, I mean, a lot of sort of things like that have been discussed of, you know, uh, does Ash have, I, I won't say anything more, you know, sorry. I was going to go. Is I think the universe is so vast and it could go to so many different Places that your playground in essence yes. is just wide open. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's and it's a it is a franchise that that lives and thrives in the light logic. Mm-hmm. So you can really have fun with that sort of thing. Like once you sort of get too crazy logical about everything, or like some of the favorite parts, my favorite parts of the movies are when you can't tell whether. Ash is like having a whole like things of the walls are laughing at him and you're like is this really happening or is this him so dementia dementia and also like hallucinations and things like that like what's in his mind versus what's happening I mean that's a strong theme through the through the first season it's like there are all those moments where you're like what is he thinking this like especially you know you'll see second episode will come out or after but there is sort of that fun moment of like is everyone seeing what Ash is seeing what is this world so it's you know it's a fun it's a fun I think they're switching so we're switching thank you so much guys feel better I love seeing a true fan of a franchise actually get to be involved with it that's it's cool to I mean I hate to sound patronizing because he's probably not that young, but you know that somebody who grew up watching these movies and getting to getting to work on this series is really cool. So love that. And then the coup de gras is actually sitting down with the boys that were in the woods with Bruce Campbell all those years ago originally, uh, Ivan Ramey and Sam Ramey. 
Great. Good. Hi, guys. Hey, hey Sammy. Sammy. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Uh, Great, switch, thanks. We have to flip these name tags. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm so confused. Is this disrespectful <laughs> to you? Hang on. How dare there you go. go. Don't What's happening? Me. We could just put this in front of both of us. Me. There you go. Yeah, you're just people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How's it going? Are you guys having fun at this uh, Comic Con? Oh yeah, the, this has been the most relaxing year I've had in a way, but it's a blast. Yeah, great. Can't complain. It's great that it's not burning hot outside. No, I want to get in that room. I want to get. In, I want to see all the comic books for sale. And I was. We just walked through the the exhibition room. It looks incredible. I, I took a lot of great pictures of great costumes. That's the new. That's the coolest part. That cosplay. Yeah, people just coming up. Wanted to pose it. Some of them Show those zombies you did. Some of them don't make sense, though. Like, bad <laughs> Yeah, you're like, what the hell are you supposed It's an extra level of creativity. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, I'm a heavy guy, but I ain't dressing like Iron Man. That don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Bandix the privilege. He's giving hope to the other heavy It's fantasy. I'm giving guys. back to the people by not doing That's that. what we need. We need, a, we need a heavy superhero in our lives. <laughs> really? That's, nobody's really done good idea. Nobody's done it. So, a couple of guys tired. They're just taking a break. A couple of superheroes on break. <laughs> at the subway. Show them those zombies. Those girls that did the real great body Yeah, they're just walking. I was so... Kick off there is, I mean, I see people walking around as evil. I see people walking around as evil as. Um, oh, you're kidding. You know, oh, yeah. And, it's and weird. Like, oh, how does that feel to you to say this thing like, that we created <laughs> back when we were basically kids? When you run across an ash, do you want to hit him with a branch? Look at these great actresses. Look at their head motions. Really good. That's and their they, body motions. Yeah. This is just for like an amateur photographer coming up to take their picture. Crowd. They're, they're walking in crowd. So cool. That's what they're here for, to give you that like fun experience. They get off on so it, I cool. think, and that's the best oh, yeah, part, is. is they're just like, fuck it, I don't care if I walk the floor, I don't care what I do, as long as I look weird and people want to have a good time looking at me. That's, that's like the best actors, that's that's the attitude we need with all our actors, that, they're just there for the art of it, that's yes. all that they're there for. Yeah. Totally. It's really like you. Ourselves. Like ourselves. Like no, not you. I'm thrilled to have a chance to be one of the guys to get to tell the stories. I know a lot of people want to do it, and um, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, it's a sad state to where we fall into when you see people dressed as Ash. Um, but, and so I feel a little bit of guilty responsibility, but... They're not, they don't have jobs. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad. It's surprising. It's surprising more than anything, because when we made the movie, Evil Dead, we were just hoping to make something good enough that we wouldn't be rejected by the drive-ins. That's really what we were after. So, so many years later to see people dressing like it at Comic-Con is like science fiction. One of the Hard questions I wanted to ask uh, from a true horror standpoint, and I showed Bruce earlier, but I have Ash possessed on my arm. Oh my so, God. Yeah, so... Oh, you know, wow. Uh, why not? But... Uh, as a big fan of these films that made me become a filmmaker in the first place and do stuff, are we going to see Ted Raimi show up anywhere in the show? Yes. Good. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I heard the call loud and clear last night at the in the hall, and uh, we actually looked for a place to put him. We couldn't quite find the right position that wasn't just we, a walk-on. We, we love having him there, and we wanted to see him, but yeah, we didn't have the right 
the right role for him. If we ever get another season of the show, we'll definitely come up with a role yeah, that's, that's worthy of Ted and, and the fans' expectations. Of Thank well, one, you. One of the things that came out of the panel yesterday was uh, there was a little bit of talk about maybe another movie featuring both Ash and Mia. I should have said that. That's I, I had that. Oh, you knew I was somebody was going to call you on that. Yeah. <laughs> you. I had one conversation with Fetty Alvarez about it, but that's really all I had, and I, I, uh, I haven't really thought about that, and I just haven't put any brain power in it to really say anything because it really is that's his movie, and um, I should talk with Fetty more before I, before I should have before I said anything. But anyways, I know that there's a lot of, even if we ever did that, there's so much story to tell that Craig DiGregario and the writers have in the store for Ash and his adventures going forward before that would happen, even if it did ever happen. Mm-hmm. I and probably shouldn't have said that. Well, don't worry about it, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll let it slow. <laughs> You're giving us five hours of Evil Dead after 24 years. We're all good now. Oh, yeah. good. Thanks. You, you, you totally you make up, but it's all done. Oh, cool. <laughs> Go on, square. Yeah, you, you finally squared yourself. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. You really get like that, have you? Well, you know, Bruce was talking about going on the set for this and seeing how they built sets from their past, basically. They recreated the cab. We assumed the cabin. He didn't say specifically, but then... I'm thinking more the Evil Dead 2 cabin. Yeah, the yeah. Evil Dead 2 cabin, so that makes sense. How do they feel for you to kind of walk in after all these, all these years and say, well, whatever set they created. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is an assumption. I He's like, fuck this table. <laughs> <laughs> they built a tree that was just, you know. <laughs> but I wasn't there. I, I went to New Zealand and did the pilot and helped design the trailer and the uh, value stop and some other things. And then I came back and edited here, and I've been in editing and sound design and working with Joe LaDuca and title design, and I'm still working with Joe LaDuca about 20 minutes ago, and I'm about to enter the mix, but I haven't been back there where they were shooting it, so I never had that experience that Bruce talked about. I didn't really see it. Well, I I do want to ask about the fact that, and it kind of touches on what he's saying, but in in a bit different, you guys have been living with this character and these stories for so long and obviously it is such like to us it's the holy grail of horror and the fact that we finally at least for me you know and the fact that we're finally not only getting five hours worth after we've been like oh where's the movie where's the movie and it's like oh we got a reboot that's cool but Bruce is at the end where's the thing and now you're doing it how do you guys feel being able to say like wow we're, we're finally doing it again we're back in not just our past but we're giving something to people that not only we know they want but you guys kind of get to go play back in the sandbox and I just think creatively that's a really wonderful thing and I don't think enough people ask about that and I just want to know how you guys feel about that that's a good question um it's great to be able to play play with Ash yeah. after so long because we, we like him and we wondered what happened to him and we left him in a place where it wasn't completely finished. So You mean the far flung future or the... Uh, both. both. Both would suffice. Either you want to look at it in the far flung future or back at S-Mart. He's left in a not totally finished place. And um, there's a lot more story to tell with him, and it's fun to tell the story when he's older now. Oh yeah, 
yet still has same or more problems, <laughs> but less insight. Well, for uh, for uh, licensing reasons, um, this show was based on. I was told I could only pull upon. I only had the right to pull upon things from Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two. So. Anything that had, that came from Army of Darkness, I didn't have the right to use. I don't know who it is exactly, but yeah, it's unfortunate. But I tried not to let that get in the way of the fans' enjoyment of what we were doing. So you won't see any references to um, anything that happened in Army of Darkness. But still, most of Ash's um, development comes from the first two that's relevant to this series and we kind of assume without saying anything that that's what happened you can you can can. some person could if they wanted to as as a fan there's always been one question I've always wanted to ask you and thankfully I'm in a position to do so so fuck yeah but anyway um, (laughs) the original Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 tonally could not be more different, you know? And I was wondering, I mean, of course, we know you're all big Three Stooges fans, but I was wondering, with the original film being more darker and and trying to be, I guess, a bit more scarier, if if you were given the opportunity to introduce the slapstick that you did in Evil Dead 2, would you have done it in one, or was one more of a... We need to get this made and get it into theaters, and if something happens after that, then we can expand. But we never thought about, and then we can expand. It was only that first sentence or two. Um, we need to make a horror movie that will be accepted by the drive-in theaters. Uh, we need to make our investors' money back, as I promised these people. I'd make them their five thousand or their seven thousand dollars back. And God, I hope it's going to be good enough to play in the drive-in theater. It's only that. I didn't even know there was a foreign market. No, I'm all right. That's play in. Um, and I didn't know that it was before videotape really was taking hold, so I didn't even think about anything but that. I was looking for those two weeks where they would accept it next to I Drink Your Blood and The Hills Have Eyes, and if they would play it, uh, that was our goal. So I don't think we would go back and add more humor. That would, or that I think that would still be our goal, to break in. Okay, definitively, put this to rest. Sequel or remake, Evil Dead 2? It was intended to be a... Oh, I gotta nice go with this. Thank you, Thank you, Ivan. This is actually the second time I've gotten to sit down uh, in a room with Sam Raimi. This is the closest I've been to actually get a conversation. We talked a little bit briefly afterwards because we have uh, a friend in common. Uh, I interviewed, or I was part of a press conference for um, Oz the Great and Powerful a couple of years back at Comic-Con. So this is exciting to get to uh, be up close and see the, and, and again, see a man returning to <laughs> literally his roots, uh, the beginning of his career to create something that fandom wants so, so much. So that was very exciting to talk to Ivan and Sam Raimi. And we have an interview from Nate Costa, uh, because uh, as many who listen to the podcast know, he's been working uh, on sitcoms in Hollywood as a production assistant. and Living the life. Living the life. And one of the shows that he's been working on is a new one coming to, I believe, uh, TV land called Teachers from a all-female sketch troupe called The Katie Dids. So at Comic-Con, because they had a panel there, very exciting, uh, Nate got to sit down with the women who gave him a job and talk to The Katie Dids. 
I didn't say what kind of job it was. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> no, he's a married man. He's happy. Don't mess this up. <laughs> don't make me the reason. Um, I don't think anybody would ever assume <laughs> that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I made them. These are Nike ID. Oh, does that mean you design them? I did. You pick your colors. Look at the back. Oh, no oh. fucking way. Shoe. Shoe pimps. They don't let you write pimps. So I had to put PMP. They won't let, they won't let you. It's like when we tried to put bitches on a, wasn't it like a. a We're recording now. Oh. Once, well, we tried to put bitches on a, on a cake or cookie for mm-hmm. our, uh, our agent at William Morris for Christmas and they seemed really against it. That's all. Yeah. They wouldn't allow it. What was it? Ralph's? No. no. It was like 1 800 Flowers or FTD, yeah. one of those companies. Yeah. But they do the, was it the? Like the giant cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a giant fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. And the it fortune was, was going to say it at the end. So it was like a giant one. It was just going to say bitches. It was gonna, uh, something about. Yeah. Some, something bitches. Like we yeah. did it bitches. Or yeah. Like, uh, so, oh, maybe like it was sassy. six homely bitches or something. Maybe something like that. That's what we refer to ourselves. <laughs> Is six homely bitches with no credits. Let's introduce ourselves first. <laughs> Hi, I'm Caitlin. I'm a Katie did. I'm Katie Thomas. And I'm Kate Friedman, and we are the Katie Dids. Three of six Katie Dids. And you're called the Katie Dids because We all have a name derived from Catherine. We're all a Katie, a Kate, or a Caitlin. And it's definitely not confusing when you're getting everyone lunch. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, teachers started as a web series. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we were an improv group in the city of Chicago. Uh, and we... Uh, we what city was it? Chicago. Chicago. Say it again. Chicago. And we, um, long, long ago, four or five years ago, um, we had approached a director uh, in the city called Matt Miller, named (laughs) Matt Miller. We just had drinks on TV land. They paid, so. Yeah, I apologize. (laughs) We we approached a director in the city um, named Matt Miller uh, with an idea about a mega church uh, pilot to direct, and he said, now's not the right time. Uh, but then about a year later, he came to us, um, you know, with a general idea of, like, I think you guys could all be teachers. Uh, and I'd like to direct a web series where you guys are all teachers. We're like, okay. So the Katie Dids created um, all the characters of teachers, and we wrote the web series. And we filmed it about three years ago. And kind yeah. of came from there. Yeah. So then how did you get the deal with TV Land? Or did it, was there a yeah. bidding war, or did TV Land come <laughs> to you and say, yo, we want to do this now? Unfortunately, there was no bidding war, <laughs> although I think the six of us would have been fully willing to participate in one. Um, basically, what happened was we made the web series, as we just discussed, and uh, we put it online in the fall of 2012, mm-hmm. after shooting it in summer, and we were kind of surprised, uh, well, not surprised, but we were uh, 
excited that so many people beyond our friends and family were watching (laughs) it. And we thought that was super cool. Um, And shortly after we had released maybe six or nine episodes, uh, we were releasing about three a day every Wednesday afternoon. Um, We were contacted by The Onion, and they purchased a few of our episodes that were not yet aired online, uh, which we thought was, like, amazing, the end-all, be-all. And then uh, as a group, uh, as a comedy group, The Katie Deads, we talked uh, with the six of us, and we came up with um, some goals and strategies we wanted for the show, and uh, the main goal of which was we wanted to create a pilot uh, based on the web series for television. Um, so uh, one of us had a connection at William Morris, and we called that connection. And that person was kind enough to put us in contact with Alec Botnick, who was a TV lit agent at William Morris, who took on the project. And um, we kind of went from there. Uh, he knew Brad Gardner at TV Land, and Brad was looking for a uh, performer, uh, creator, performed series that was comedic. And it just so happened that William Morris knew uh, us. Yeah, so we thought we would um, go out and start pitching to networks. Um, and at that point, we had already uh, met Allison Bree, who's an executive producer on the show. So we had already met Allison. She was on the board. And we were getting ready to figure out how we were going to approach pitching. And before we even had a chance to... TV Land came to us, so we were incredibly lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, TV Land rules, and they've been amazing to work with, so we got very lucky. Yeah. Now, I read all the scripts before we got to shooting, before I even knew it was going to be on a TV Land show. Mm-hmm. How are you guys getting away with half of the stuff? <laughs> I mean, that's all TV land. I mean, TV land has been incredibly encouraging to keep it our voice. So anytime we've been trepidatious at all about like, oh, is this too much? They've been like, no, 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 no. We want this to be you guys. Yeah. Like, keep pushing it. Yeah, are TV- like, do you know if, are they planning on bleeping it or are they just going like, to, are they going to There are that? some bleeps. Um, we've pushed back on a few bleeps and we've, we've won a few bleep wars. Um, so there will be a few bleeps, but there's. A significant amount in there that is, I think, a little edgier than what TV Land has done in the past. Um, but they're in this uh, kind of rebranding renaissance of their network, where they're trying to approach a younger audience and get viewers that are that are younger. And um, well, and as your followers on Facebook yeah. know, you are the new face of TV Land. <laughs> <laughs> One of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a, uh, I had a. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to... It's amazing what, like, one person photoshopping a TV Land logo under your headshot oh, can convince amazing. all of your friends and family that you are, like, the poster child for That TV was Land. hilarious. Yeah, I it was. I saw that, like, two minutes after... I was after. so embarrassed. <laughs> Charles People... Pepper. You have to put a link to that picture on your... Uh, I should do that. Yeah. On podcast. Rick or Derek remind me... To send you the link to this photo, that was funny. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, TV Land came to you. How did my good friend Payman get involved? Because we went to school together. What? No way! You guys didn't know that? No. Oh, Come on. Yeah, we went to uh, college together. Oh shit! And did not know that. I had no idea. Him and our other buddy moved down here together, and they'd been working for. 
a few years on just different stuff. And then he started working on Key and Peele and Kimmel and whatever. Wow. That's and then ended up with you guys. Actually, I found out he was on the show after they had me come over to the show. Wow. No way. Yeah. Small world. That's hilarious. Super small. Yeah. Well, then- is, he, is he a tall dick on set? Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That horrible. Um, he, no, that actually, um, we he got involved because of the Key and Peele connection, because our amazing showrunners, Ian Roberts and Jay Martell, worked with him quite a bit on Key and Peele, and were very impressed with him, uh, so they brought him on, well, they um, recommended him to be the director, and then we met with him, and we saw he was, you know, like, very easygoing and open to, uh, you know, us being creatively involved, um, so that's how he uh, directed this, the first season. We couldn't be happier about it. I mean, I think that all six of us reflect on those two months that we shot our nine additional episodes as some of the best times of our lives. And I think Payman had a huge part to play in it. We were super stoked to have him as our director. And that Key and Peele family, I feel like mm-hmm. we found because so much of the crew was uh, coming over from doing Key and Peele. So they all knew each other. They already had a great family and a a great group of warm, awesome people. Uh, so I feel like we were really embraced into that family, which mm-hmm. was nice, especially a bunch of n- newbies to L.A., <laughs> Midwest girls. Yeah. We just want everyone to be nice. Yeah. We were super, yeah. super, super lucky. Like, I think that, um, you know, we had a very successful shoot of this uh, first season of Teachers, and I think all six of the Katie Duds attribute that to Ian and Jay and the rest of the crew that and they me. were so kind And Nate. Nate, and Nate. Nate mainly. Definitely. Mainly. Even Killer though you know, walked out on us six yeah. months. Well, Katie got me fired. Let's not fired. Fired. No. <laughs> Stop. You got him fired? I didn't know. Well, if he had acted right and not <laughs> done the things and said the things he'd done... Yeah, we'll talk about that later. So are you allowed to say the uh, premiere date? We don't know the exact date. We know it's January 2016, but we're not exactly sure which date it is. If they know when the younger season two premiere Mm -hmm. is, then likely that is the same date. Because we'll we'll be paired with them. We'll have to revisit this as it gets closer. Please. Yes. say, hey guys, we'll give an exact date when we find it out. Absolutely. Uh... So you have a panel tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We do. It's Wednesday night, guys. Thursday is tomorrow. <laughs> First day of the convention. It's for the audience. Sure. Thank you. Uh, so this is your first Comic-Con, I'm assuming, for all of yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. Did you go inside on preview night, or have you just gone to Not dinner yet. and that's it? No, we just got in... Uh, Wednesday evening, and then went straight to dinner. Did so you drive down. Uh, we were on a van. We were in a van. We were in a van. Oh my god! Are you okay? Choking. Don't try to talk. Kay Freeman's dying right now. <coughs> You're all witnessing the death of Kay Freeman. Choking on some distilled water, Kate Friedman put in a used, uh, unsweetened pure leaf bottle for the ride out. What happens when you make it? <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to, That's what happens when you make it. You become very, very aware of the price of bottled water, and you <laughs> bottle your own with the in, in-home service your boyfriend pays for every month. <laughs> Uh, uh, where'd you guys leave from? From LA? LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
did that take a while? What time did you get out of there? Yeah. It did take a while. It took like four hours. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. We well, lived around Did you go one. separately? I did go separately. I did go separately, unfortunately, because I couldn't leave until 5.30. Mm, um, so you got down here super quick. You know, it was really efficient, and um, my friend who drove me down here, who I met uh, when he picked me up, Joe, um, from MusicExpress.com, uh, he gave me a, uh orange-flavored Gatorade, and he himself enjoyed a cherry Gatorade, and we got down here in a, about three hours. So oh. A bit under. Yeah. Wow. Did he let you pick which Gatorade flavor? He did. He <laughs> True gentleman. Yeah, it was really, really nice. <laughs> I'm impressed you got down here so quickly. I was impressed, too. I thought it would take much longer, yeah. four plus hours, but mm-hmm. only three for me. But I left much earlier than the rest of the group. Or later. Did your driver use the Waze app, or did he just hammer through five the whole way? I I didn't hammer through. Oh, God. I think five. Whichever way goes past the concrete breast. That's five. Yeah. I passed those as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of traffic. Are you going to get, are you, after the panel, will you be walking around at all? Yeah. Yeah, we have that. Tomorrow is, is, uh, before the panel and after the panel, we have interviews all day. But then, we're, uh, Katie Thomas and myself are sticking around to a couple extra days to just take in the festival and mm-hmm. a little comic fest. Yeah, uh, my husband is here and a huge video game geek. So um, he this is his first Comic Con too. So he's very and Galen's boyfriend is also a big video game geek. So. Um, I think there will be some geekery going on. <laughs> Stupendous. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you're leaving? Me? That's right. I'm leaving San Diego. I am leaving San Diego after the panel, but... Um, Her only heart me. will be here. Yeah, my heart will totally be here, and I would love to stay <laughs> for it, but I've just been... I went home last week because it was my mother's birthday in Chicago, so... I'm eager to have, like, one night of sleep in my own bed. But, um, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. It's getting late. It is. It's getting very late. We should wrap it up. And everyone should watch Teachers yeah. on yeah. TV in January. It. I've read all the scripts, and it's hilarious. <laughs> That's really nice, Nate. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah. And I'll tell you guys a hilarious story when I stop recording. Perfect. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Funny, talented women. I so am looking forward to this show because I just love a show with, a, with a, such a focused point of view. So, uh, Nate, thank you so much for that. Sorry that you couldn't actually be in the room with us right now, but uh, thanks for that interview. We are going to give a little bit more Comic-Con context and wrap-up here because this is largely the Ash versus Evil Dead episode. And Rick, you were on the floor too, so you may have something to weigh in as we give we give you a little a little more meat with this episode. That is that there was some controversy, and it's been blogged, and I, and I don't know yet how Comic-Con is reacting. But uh, if you saw the great exhibit for Ash vs. Evil Dead on the floor, the trailer, yes. and you could go through an experience and do the And the huge line, line trying to get into the oh trailer. Oh, my gosh. But on the back of the trailer, they were actually showing the trailer for the show, mm-hmm. which then faced, it was a very bloody uh, red band trailer, which faced 
the BBC America booth where kids were in line to get Doctor Who stuff. Yes. And Cutty Corner from the Nickelodeon booth where SpongeBob had a look of slack-jawed horror every yeah. time he looked over to the trailer. And then, of course, on the other side was still The Walking Dead. So Ash versus Evil Dead kind of got caught in the center of this storm of controversy of apparently that traumatized some children. So we're back to this issue, and I think... N- in the f- next regular episode where we can all sit down and really talk about the experience, we'll probably parse through. And this is a chance for anybody listening to write in. If you were at Comic-Con and you want to weigh in, or even if you weren't at Comic-Con but you want to weigh in on this, Comic-Con does tout itself now as family entertainment. Sunday is special kids' day. There's a lot of programming aimed at kids. And I know that there are kids that can totally handle The Walking Dead. I know that there are kids who do watch it. My kids don't, but I know that there are. I'm not judging anybody's parenting for that. Uh, I'm not judging anybody, as you heard in my interview with Bruce Campbell, my asking the question of, like, when Disney's gravity falls, it's referencing Evil Dead 2. Yes. How do you, you know, how do you stay horror when cartoons are showing this stuff? Well, there's there's a huge issue as to whether or not we are actually protecting our kids by shielding them from this kind of stuff because if you think about it grimm's fairy tales was a horrific set of oh of, no of i know that but that was and the illustrate 18th, the illustrations for them were well let's be fair amazingly. in the uh, late 18th century early 19th century uh, when their uh, you know lifespan was oh th- 40, 40 you know uh, <laughs> and half the kids weren't going to uh, if if they left the path and let the wolves get them yes you know there it was there so i mean yeah, I'm kind of torn because I also think back to when we when we were kids, and, and I'll grant you, like a lot of the monsters, a lot of the things that we had access to, and this is going to make every make us sound old, but that we had access to, in hindsight now are pretty silly and goofy. But they were scary, but we wanted to they were, see them. But they were they were a lot tamer. Yeah, and even even though Ash vs Evil Dead is on stars, it's a television series. There was some swearing in the trailer. And definitely some, you know, zombies that is like, I see the violence. I see there's, there's a lot of blood. Right. And uh, and they even showed a clip from the Evil Dead 2 when Ash first lost his hand. And so, uh, you know, I do think it's more intense than what we had access to. Flip side, I was 11 years old, growing up in the Bay Area. Creature Features, Bob Wilkins. Yeah, showed, Night of the Living Dead. I had no idea he was the first one to show it uncut on television. Yep. And I saw that and yep. went, okay, it scared the crap out of me. And that's still a pretty intense film, I assume, because I have not watched it since. But, <laughs> <laughs> because I think I've seen all there is to be seen. I actually got to meet one of the guys from uh, Phantasm. And I just said, you know what? I I couldn't sleep for a week after seeing your movie. Thank you, Reggie Bannister. Yes. Uh, it's taken me the, these decades to get the courage to talk to you. Even though he was the good guy in that film. Uh, but... Um, I do think kids have a fascination for monsters and the macabre. And, you know, so I see what you're saying about you, you don't want to necessarily protect them. I think they protect themselves, too, because I think, for example, young Derek McCaw, after he had seen... Oh, you're not talking about me now. Night Dang living, it. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, <laughs> would be less likely to seek out that entertainment if he did not feel like it was something he was going to enjoy the next day or the next night. I will be honest. I did not watch any of the Living Dead movies until again Return of the Living Dead because I was uh, I was working in a movie theater as yeah. a young adult that sure. showed it, 
And I only went to see Dawn of the Dead, quite honestly, because James Gunn uh, was an acquaintance, and I was so excited that he got that writing job, uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake, not the right. original. So, which kind of broke the spell for me. Like that was okay. And this is sad to say that I was already in my thirties, seeing that and going, "All right, I know the guy who wrote this." It's you know, it it, it, it kind of by by being able to focus more on the craftsmanship in a way I couldn't when I was eleven. Sure, I was just terrified of that film. Uh, uh, you know, so I, I and I see what you're saying, and I, on the other hand, I, and, I, and I also say like, and if a kid has nightmares, that's that's part of growing up. Yeah, I don't think you can shield. I guess the bigger issue is. When they're doing their floor plan, if you know stars, which, by the way, does not bring, um, hey, kids, we're showing our Disney movies because that's the Disney booth. Um, they're going to bring things like, in years past, Gladiator or Spartacus, mm-hmm. not Gladiator, Spartacus. They're going to bring Ash versus Evil Dead. It's a safe bet, even if they've, yeah. even if they've booked it long before they've announced what shows they're going to pr- promote. Probably the, the calmest one was, I guess, last year they promoted Outlander. There was nothing about Outlander that was inappropriate as no. far as the show might no. be. I don't know. I haven't watched it. But there was nothing about the display no. that, that was at odds with what's over the they Nickelodeon booth. They were definitely going booth. for the romance aspect of yeah. that, that book. So, but if you've got the Nickelodeon booth, and chances are, again, SpongeBob's going to be there, and Jimmy Neutron, and uh, Timmy Turner, characters from these beloved cartoons... Kids are going to flock to that. I'm going to take it a different way. I think this convention is really... Now, I hadn't gone for the last two years. So three years ago was the last one I'd gone to. I felt this was a lot more better controlled than previously. I enjoyed it a lot better. Line control was better. The crowds were... A little bit better. I think we'll talk about that more next week. But 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 I agree with you. What I wanted to say is when I saw parents with young children, especially ones that were walking around on the floor, I was scared because... I did not think it was a safe environment for young kids. I didn't I, the crowds and the way crowds can surge, and I just don't think it's not for me. It, it wasn't so much what they're going to see. It's it's just putting a kid into that environment is not in my mind the yeah, best thing for I, them. I, I, I felt it was kind of and it's not. I'm not judging, but it feels a little selfish on the parts of the parents that they brought the kids along to something that they're going to more than the kids are going to. And there are things for the kids, but I think if I can spin it instead of saying I'm scared for the kids or whatever, is because I don't want to, to say we just said Comic Con is dangerous. It's not. It's just that you can't. It's exhausting. You well, that's true. You can't give up your responsibility as a parent, right? There, as um, I saw a lot of families cosplaying together and having fun, and I, I love seeing that. Um, Gosh, I, I I gotta see if I can find a photo. There was a there were a, I think a pair of Disney employees. They they cosplayed as Jan and Jace, and they dressed up their baby as Space Ghost, uh-huh. and they carried a monkey around as as, as lip, and you know which was just awesome. That's you cute. know family thing, but but they kept their kid very close at hand, yes. and that's the thing. It, it, it's it's not that it's dangerous. But it's also not that even though there's like Nickelodeon and there are plenty of things for kids to do. When you say it's a family event, it's still yes and no. Yeah. And, um, again, we'll talk more about that. But I, I heard a lot of complaints, and it's not about the booth placement. And this is something that's bothered me for a long time, is hiring actors on the street to be uh, promoting shows or promoting things as monsters. Yeah. And they're indiscriminate about who they're 
bothering, if that's the right word for it. Right. I, I know what you're saying. If and they, I saw some they're zombies. They're not necessarily professionals. I saw zombies jumping out at children and children crying on the street. Oh, that's not good. And I think if you go into that convention center, look, you got to watch out for your kid. You can't yeah. turn your back on your kid. I mean, that was last year at Marvel. There was a point where, where Marvel shut down a giveaway because there was a lost kid. And the dad wasn't responding. And this is, and let me, so let me put it that way. You have to walk in as a parent taking responsibility. Yeah. There's no way I could have approached the Nickelodeon booth. Now, granted, okay, I've been going 16 years. I've seen it grow, and I know my way around. And I'm, depending on how things happen next year, I may finally take Luke. He may be old enough. Uh, Maybe. And, but one of the things I know is I know what I'm looking out for. And I know what he's not going to want to see. Right. Now he's a little fascinated by Walking Dead because he looked at my photographs from there, you know, and, and you know, it's just actors. But Luke is that. special because Luke is one of those kids who goes, I'm not ready for that. Right. You know, and that, that and that, he has an awareness. Well, of and that's, and, and to me, that's too bad that more kids, it, maybe kids do have that awareness and maybe the parents aren't listening. I, I didn't want to judge, Perhaps. but I, but I think that's quite possible. Yeah. And you know, yeah, we go through that with reading geez, books I brought back from Comic Con. It's like, look until the point that you've decided that you know this is too. I mean, there are obviously things I would never ever hand him a book by Howard Chaykin until he turns eighteen. Right. But but there are superhero books where I go, mm, it's a little violent to me, buddy. I know I trust that you will stop. Yeah. If you feel that it is too intense, and he does. Um, and I know I'm lucky. I, you know, but that's because we also talk very honestly about it. But it, but I still think there's no way you could approach that that Nickelodeon booth without knowing that right. there was say there's legendary. I think was on one side too. So Nickelodeon was surrounded by legendary. Um, and I know you're going to go to Doctor Who. Okay, so there's the BBC yeah. booth. Well, you can't approach that BBC booth without seeing Walking Dead was on one side and Evil Dead was on the other. Even Field the legendary booth has stuff that's pretty. Oh no! Scary. I, yeah, I know, and um, you know, and, and then of course, and all these kids were lined up to get their pictures taken with the angel. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did it. So anyway, it's something to bring up again with Nate next week because he actually did take a baby on the floor, but I don't think that uh, Mary Jane was probably at risk. Uh, actually, did you see that great picture of Mary Jane with Carnage and yes. Venom? Yes, and then she just loved oh the texture. She's like. <laughs> They've got wiggly things. <laughs> I love this. Take a seven-month-old baby to Comic-Con, and that's what they're going, ooh, ooh, it's like touching jerky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, if babies could talk. Anyway, this, this has been, indeed, uh, report number one, Ash versus Evil Dead and whatnot. And so, um, if you uh, have listened to us on iTunes, please subscribe. Please rate us. Please tell your friends. You can also do the same thing on the Stitcher app if that's how you found us. You can also find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, where you may also find links through Amazon. If you cannot find uh, something we've talked about, uh, you know, maybe you want to pick up Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness, although really uh, Army of Darkness apparently doesn't have anything to do with this television series um, for rights issues. Uh, but they can't even use S-Mart. That really That's hurts. Sad. But if you want to catch up on comics, because there have been some great comics from Dynamite and, and uh, I think Image had done some for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Marvel, they had done a Ash vs. Um, Marvel Zombies crossover at one point. I don't know if that's in print. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can go through the Amazon link if you can't find that at your local comic book store. And, of course, if while you're there, look, 
you know, hey, we got down to Comic-Con. We got some access to some pretty exciting talent. And you want to help us support support us through our, you know, our hosting costs, you can donate money on the PayPal button that is there on every page. And if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you! Listen up, Phantom. Fa- yeah. <laughs> that was on the mic. <laughs> And it was just unexciting. I've got to say that. It was listen up, fanboy. It was more. It, was, it felt more hostile. Fanboy. It was yeah, exactly. That was. <laughs>